by no one's demand but our own, but not from the home office in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. We are out at St. Thomas Sports Park following Titans practice. Myself, Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Buddy, appreciate you hanging out. Buck, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm good, brother. I'm good. This is, uh, this is good that we... We're able to sit down and do this. We have a lot of lot going on in the background, obviously, so the people know that we are, in fact, at practices. This is an audio medium. By the way, this is the 615 Sessions. I'm your host, Buck Rising. Nice to be here with you. Uh, we are going to talk about the Titans local media battle versus the national media hashtag fake news. We will do that, though, after we hear quickly from Titans tight end, Jonu Smith. We were talking to Mike after we got talk, done talking to you guys after practice today, and he said, I don't play favorites, but John O. Smith is one of my favorite players. <laughs> that, which is, you know, surpri- I mean, not surprising that all of us, but, you know, to hear him say that, that's awfully high praise. Uh, what does that kind of mean to you based on how hard you've worked to make your way back? Um, it means a lot, man. There's a guy that just come in here every day and, um, you know, just... You know, I'm willing to do, um, you know, whatever for the team. And, uh, you know, whatever, you know, that's in the benefit of the team, that's the kind of guy I am. You know, I just come in here with the mindset, you know, with the, um, you know, that I'm going to, you know, give my, give all my effort, man. And, uh, you know, just be a, just have that, you know, uh, brotherly vibe, you know, with the guys and around. So, you know, and just, just, just try to be all around a good guy, man. That's all I can say. That's it. <laughs> I can't really say much for, you know, for, you know, someone else is just definitely, you know, great, uh, great there coming from, uh, you know, the head man. No doubt. Versatility is something that they pride themselves on here, making sure that you guys are able to do more than just one thing. In a perfect world, when you and Delaney are out on the field together, what, what does that look like in your two tight end offense? <laughs> uh, two fast guys. <laughs> two fast guys that, um, you know, can create matchups. Uh, you know, two fast guys that can go out there and, you know, Block any uh, block against any run defense, and uh, you know that's willing to block against any run defense. A lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of situations nowadays, you know, tight ends are not willing to block, um, you know, but it's not a guy, um, you know, in our room that isn't willing. So um, we got a great group of guys, man, and we got mismatches and you know, versus guys all in that room. So. Is the blocking aspect of it? Is that something that you have to like better? I guess in terms of improving on blocking, is that just a body position thing, or how do you get better at that over time? You get better with the technique and fundamentals. Um, all the great coaches I've been around have always told me the same thing. It doesn't matter how big you are, um, you know how strong you are. If you play with great technique and fundamentals, you can beat the guy across from you, no matter how big or strong he is. Um, and that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, of course you have an advantage if you are bigger, a bigger guy, a stronger guy. But um, you know, technique fundamentals always wins, and you just got to um, continue to focus on those things. Obviously, the goal is to stay healthy this year. But what is is there one kind of thing that you want to specifically improve on over the course of this particular season? Um, just all my areas, um, you know, every area, you know, I'm called to do. Um, whether it be pass blocking, run blocking, pass catching, um, you know, special teams, whatever I'm called to do. Um, I, I never, I, since the day I got here, I never just focus on you know set of my skills to focus on and improve. I'm trying to improve in every area. Appreciate you. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports, Nashville.com, Buck Rising, Steve Lehman, News Channel 5, at Steve Lehman on That's Twitter. Right. Did I get that right? Yeah. Hanging out here with you. We talked to Mike Vrabel in Sidebar yesterday, head coach of the Tennessee Titans, and Mike in Sidebar is generally more relaxed than he is 
when the television cameras are Always. on him. 100% Always. 100% of the time, he is better in sidebar than he is when our cameras are on. Which is a bad job out of me. I should start bogarting my questions from you TV people uh, so I get better responses over in I sidebar. I like some of you guys do. I, Teron absolutely I, does. <laughs> I sit over there in sidebar all the time, and I'm thinking, that's the best answer he's given in six days, and I can't run it because he's leaned against a wall bending over like gasping for air after practice and he spits it out and he's not on tv it's oh, terrible it's well i mean it, it is terrible for your purposes absolutely uh but yesterday he gave us a great comment about he doesn't play favorites when it comes to the players on his team but Johnu smith is one of his favorite players mm-hmm. i just talked to Johnu about that Johnu obviously a little uncomfortable you know it's always uncomfortable when you know, somebody's talking about you somebody said nice thing x about you what is your response? You know, that kind of thing. But Jonu Smith is, I think, going to play an important role in terms of what they do offensively. And I think Mike really appreciates his versatility as a player. Hashtag versatility drink. Um, what do you, what, what's kind of your expectation of him this year? Because Delaney Walker is still obviously the starting tight end. But I really think there's a big role for him to be found if he can just gain a little confidence. I think you're right, and I think that's exactly what the Titans are hoping for. First off, I did exactly what you did when Mike Vrabel said that. I don't often expect him to gush praise upon anyone out here. Derrick Henry rushes for 250 yards. I expect him to say, oh, he needs to work on his consistency and come back and work hard this week and try to do the same thing next week. So the fact that he said, I don't have favorites, but Johnny Smith is my favorite. Yeah. He is a great guy. I love him to death. He works hard. He's got so much talent in front of him. I think speaks to how much he likes him as a player. And I think everybody in this building, when you look at Johnny Smith, injury in college, MCL tear a couple years ago, ACL tear last year in the Jaguars game, he's had to overcome a lot for a guy who's 25 years old or something, still very early on in his NFL career. And I think the belief in there is he has all the talent and skill set in the world. If he can just stay healthy and get out there on the field and play 16 games and grow up in the same offense and be supported by the organization and the players around him, he has a chance to be something really special and eventually be the heir apparent to Delaney Walker that we've talked about for so long. So I I think part of it from Mike was saying, look, this guy's been dealt a difficult hand. I appreciate how hard he worked. By the way, getting back on the field in eight months and a week, basically, after an ACL injury as a football player – is a really impressive feat and he looks for all the world like he's on track to play in week one of the regular season that's an impressive thing and I think he just was saluting that and also maybe trying to instill some of that confidence buck that gosh if if he can just get out there be healthy and harness some of this he's got a chance to be a really good player yeah I mean Mike knows what he's doing when he says those kind of things to us obviously that's going to make make its way back to the players uh in those situations Johnu when I asked him in a perfect world what it would look like when he and Delaney are both on the field at the same time in their two tight end sets, the first thing he said was matchup problem, which I believe to be so. I think that based on what the quarterback's comfort level doing is, it's short to intermediate routes. It's obviously Delaney Walker. We saw him throw the touchdown pass to Marcus in the preseason game, and everybody freaks out because Delaney Walker's back, this, that, and the other. But with the two tight end sets and Janu being, I mean, Delaney's obviously a superior athlete, 
but Janu is as well. Like, he can really, really do some damage if you've got him one-on-one with a linebacker. Or even with a safety. He can take advantage of those seam routes and do what he did against Dallas uh, in that game last year on Monday Night Football at Jerry World. He is somebody who I really think... It's, it seems weird to pick out Jonu Smith as all the, of all the players that Marcus Mariota has at his disposal as one of the guys who I think can help put them over the top. But I really do think that their two tight end offense is going to be what they're most comfortable in, especially if they're working Humphreys on the outside a little bit as they claim to want to do, not just in the slot. Well, in the focus of this offense, no matter how much better Mariota is this year, no matter how much you like to see Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys out there, the focus of the offense is still going to be the running game. Of course. Derrick Henry is going to be the bell cow of this offense, and if that's the case, you're going to be in two tight end situations a lot out there on the field. But to be able to be in two tight ends and not be necessarily tipping your hand that we're going to run the ball on this play, we could throw it and both of these guys are weapons, that's a luxury that I'm not sure the Titans have had. When you lined up Luke Stocker as the other tight end to Delaney Walker – I don't think there were a lot of people out there who had much fear that Luke Stocker was going to catch a ball for 20 yards down the field on him. Jonu Smith strikes that fear in your heart. And I think back to, because we really never saw it last year, of having Delaney and Jonu on the field at the same time because Delaney was out in week one. As soon as it happened. Jonu had his own injuries and things like that as well. But I think back to that Jacksonville game early two years ago down there in the Florida heat and that screen pass to Smith that goes for a touchdown out there. That's the type of play that when you have to focus so much on what Walker can do over the middle or underneath, all of a sudden a guy like Smith with his athleticism and ability, I think you can see some big plays out of him. Uh, if you're hearing thunder in the background, it's because we're sitting out here on the patio <laughs> at St. Thomas Sports Park. We're obviously dry and comfortable, uh, but this is this Some is dark clouds. Though, if we have to take cover, where do we go? Uh, I don't believe inside the facility because I think Mike Vrabel might throat punch one of us, and that would be great for our careers, but awfully painful. <laughs> I'm not I, signing up for that. No, 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 thank you. Uh, but this is, this is, this is the beauty of the podcast, Steve. We can do it wherever and whenever, even in a, uh, even in a little bit of a summer shower. Beautiful thing. Uh, I want to move to a topic of discussion that has kind of overtaken Titans media and Titans fans over the past couple weeks. And it starts with the quarterback controversy, non-controversy, that people like, and I respect, truly, I respect Diana Rossini and her work. Uh, I don't know as much about Benjamin Albright, but those were two of the loudest voices saying that it was an open quarterback competition here in Nashville, and thus kind of churning, uh, churning the waters here when those narratives didn't really exist until they said those things. Then Ryan Tannehill comes back after the preseason game and says, well, no, it's not really an option for me to start over Marcus. This is not what I was brought here to do, essentially quashing all that. And then we see the Bleacher Report article saying Delaney Walker uh, is is a possible candidate to get cut. Then we see the For the Win article today that somebody tweeted me. We're, uh, We're taping this on Tuesday today that says Mike Vrabel is one of the coaches that's on the hot seat if he goes nine and seven or worse. I mean, this is... These are not real things, and it bothers me, Steve. I, truly, it, at my core, it bothers me because I don't want to be the one shouting at other people in our profession fake news because I want people to trust the media. I think that is a very important of what 
a, a very important aspect of what our job is, and I think that we shoot all of us in the foot yeah. if we are sitting here locally publicly combating the things that the people who are supposed to be almost more trusted, given a, a bigger platform on ESPN and Bleacher Report and USA Today and things of that nature, when we're essentially going at each other because they aren't here and they're just doing the thing that you do in media to generate clicks. I don't know how you've kind of experienced this whole last two weeks as this has kind of come about, but really, I mean, it's really fundamentally bothered me. I'm with you, and I think most Titans fans are as well. One of the things that just stands out to me is for so long I've heard in this market people say, why don't the national people give us any attention? Why don't they talk about the Titans at all? You know, give us some love here in Nashville. Well, now people are giving you some love, but it's total malarkey. They, they have no, no idea. They have no idea what's going on here, and they're just spouting off because guess what? The Titans are a team that's gone nine and seven in three straight years, and they're a borderline playoff team, and the roster may be slightly better this year. And so people are talking about them. I'm not sure if this is the talk the Titans fans wanted. I don't know. I, I'm to the point now, Buck, where I've just accepted the fact that not just do people think that there's some fake news out there. But there actually is some fake news. Oh, no, it's real. There are some really bad people in our business at what we do that are lazy, that don't do the background that they need to do. And frankly, the other part of it is, so of the three stories that you talked about, one of them is kind of ESPN, NFL networky type of reporting. They should be vetted better. You should trust what they put out there. The other two... One guy's like a cap guy for a brown site, and then the other Bengals, and then the or Bengals, right? And then the other one is just Bleacher Report. And I mean, no offense to anybody who's ever gotten their check from any of those things, but a lot of what you're asked to do there is come up with lists that get people to click on them, especially the Vrabel one. I mean, truly, that was a task where I think someone probably told him, come up with a list of five or six guys who get could get fired this year. And you start looking at the NFL, I mean, there's only 32 coaches. A lot of them are new. A lot Some of, of them, them are like Bill Belichick and have had a lot of success. So you get down to the barrel pretty quickly on who could even possibly get fired. And you're thinking, I got to get to six. I got four. Who Who else? Oh, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll throw Mike Vrabel in there. Yeah. And I just, I don't think there's much thought to it. And it goes out there. And I mean, immediately, I, I looked at the guy's tweet of the article. Every single comment below was, you're nuts if you're talking about Frable. It's, and I think, I don't know, the, the, the genesis of this has been kind of interesting to watch because obviously we are in a time of year where content is not necessarily tough to come by because we're actually in football season. There's actual games being played. Um, but I think you look at this from a 10,000-foot view or whatever the saying is, and you say, okay, there's a quarter, if you're somebody from a national perspective. There's a quarterback that used to start for seven years in the NFL. Now he's backing up a guy who's in an uncertain position. We can probably talk about this in a way that would generate interest, sure. even as the team at, that, it, that it involves is not necessarily who we lean on for our content because, I mean, quantifiably, there's just not as many Titans fans as there are Cowboys or Giants or Steelers or Patriots, and the list goes on. 
So that that I kind of understand. And Diana Rossini is somebody who has broken news in the past. Sure. I, it's been a while since I've seen her practice, that's but that's not necessarily fair. And that scenario, too, Buck, could happen. Of course. Like, there's a real scenario that five or six weeks into the season or ten weeks into the season that we're talking about Ryan Tannehill as the starting quarterback of the Titans because either there's an injury to Marcus Mariota or maybe Mariota struggles, the team's struggling, and they go that way because of Tannehill's experience and they want to spark. But you're jumping the gun if you're suggesting there's any shot that that happens in week one in Cleveland. There, there just is not. If there was any shot, we would have seen him taking a first-team rep out here. They would be talking about it as if there was any chance in heck that it could happen. They're not. And if they wouldn't have been so this, definitive about it. Yeah, if you watch anything, if you listen to anybody talk in this building, Marcus Mariota is the guy, and he's going to be the guy in Cleveland. Now, how long that lasts is up to how well he plays and how well this team plays, but I can tell you this. I think definitively inside of that building, they understand this, for this Titans team this year in 2019 to be as good as they can possibly be, Marcus Mariota needs to be as good as he possibly can be. The ceiling with number eight playing his best is higher than if you have to go to Tannehill and hope he's his best. And that is just the bottom line. So if you're a Titans fan out there, maybe you're not sold on Mariota or whatever, for the good of your team, your greatest hope is what they're hoping in this building, is that Marcus Mariota has his best season yet. Because that's how the Titans go from 9-7 and seven to 11-5 and five or 12-4, and four, whatever the next bench part, point is, as they talk about, to go from good to great. Oh, the good to great thing. It, it permeates is everything. Is that another time for people to drink? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always a good time to drink. And if you're drinking, go check out Black Rabbit. Uh, I, you're welcome. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at this and I'm kind of like... Well, is this happening in other places? But the, the situation here is really, really unique where I guess where people are kind of taking advantage of the fact in, in terms of Bleacher Report and, and for the win because those were just egregiously wrong. I mean, just flat out egregiously Actually, wrong. Uh, let's rank these. In the order of insanity, <laughs> Tannehill starting week one over Mariota, Walker getting cut in training camp, or Vrabel getting fired by New Year's Day of 2020. What is the most insane to the least insane of that? Oh, my God. I don't even – I would – I mean, I can't say push between Delaney and Mike, but I would, th- I would think – Delaney's not getting cut. Delaney's, That's absolutely absurd. Delaney's not getting cut. There's no situation in which they sign this dude to an extension. He's literally the most beloved player that the franchise has. I, at least, certainly in the five years that I have been down here, I'm certain it goes back to since he's been here, as people have kind of looked to somebody that they can attach themselves to as Titan fans and somebody who continuously produces on a level that is on par with the best at his position. It's Jarrell Casey and it's Delaney Walker. Those yep. are the two players that the Titans have had. It's not Delaney's Walker's not getting cut. Mike Vrabel sure as hell not getting fired. Like that's just that's but if I mean if things go catastrophically sure. off if the rails. If they one in 15 I guess maybe that might I still not sure. Mike get might fired. get fired, but, but Delaney's still on the roster. <laughs> right. So I mean, Delaney is the one that's the most insane. Then Vrabel, and as we said, it's it's possible Tannehill's the quarterback at some point this year, but it's not going to be in Week One. 
Are there anything anything else that has stood out in Purdue? We're now through training camp. Obviously, the last time we talked to you guys, the Patri- we were getting ready to play uh, the Patriots Titans game at Nissan Stadium. Tom Brady had been here. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick had been here for two days. We made it through training camp. Is there anything as we sit here today on August the nineteenth? I believe the date is. I should probably check that, but That's I wrote correct. and I have my phone in front of me. But I'll take your word for it. Is there anything else that has stood out August to 20. you? Sorry. Okay. Hashtag fake news. <laughs> Is there anything else that has stood out in particular about the 2019-2020 Tennessee Titans? Outside of the quarterback, outside of Mike Vrabel, outside of the fake news that is bringing more attention, albeit bad attention, to the Tennessee Titans, is there one thing that has stood out to you in particular? I don't know if I can give you one buck, but for me, when I look at training camp, it's very difficult to get big themes for me because – you know, Ryan Tannehill plays great in Philadelphia, but who's he playing great against? And are any of the people he's throwing to going to catch his balls if he has to play in the regular season? It's hard for me to get really excited about a performance or, you know, the passing game or the running game or the secondary or whatever. But I do like to look at individual guys and consistent performances and stuff. And one guy that immediately jumps out to me is Jack Conklin. Because I thought he was absolutely terrific when he came into the league. Not quite as good in year two. Then he gets hurt. He was never healthy last year. And he told me today, point blank, I said, Jack, is it safe to say you feel better today than you felt at any point last season? And he said, 100% yes. And because of that, I feel more comfortable and confident in my movement and what I can do. And we had a conversation about how he's able to get off the ball quicker. He's be able to be more definitive about things. Because he's on the field, he's been able to learn the offense better than he could last year when he had a new coordinator in Matt LaFleur. So I think it's very likely, as we have these other questions on the offensive line and Taylor Lewan's out for four games to start the season, I think it's really likely we could see a Jack Conklin return to what was an all-pro form as a rookie this year, which would be a huge development for the Titans, especially as they want to build around this running game and protect Marcus Mariota. I think Adam Humphrey stands out immediately to me just because... Oh, and how much the quarterback seems to like him. Quarterbacks love him, and he's just so slippery. And to me, he's going to be a guy... I don't know if he's going to have 75 catches like he did last year in Tampa, but I do think he's going to be a guy that in critical situations you're going to find the quarterbacks continuing to go to him because he just gets open, he runs great routes, he knows where the chains are, he's got really good hands. Probably along with that, there's just more weapons. We talked about Jonu joining Delaney. I think Corey Davis, when he's been out there and healthy, fully in training camp, looks like a guy who's taken another step in his progression. Tajay Sharp has had a good preseason. Obviously Humphreys. Now you're starting to see A.J. Brown back on the field. I mean, last year, if I said, Buck, who are they going to throw to on third down? Oh. You would have said Corey Davis. <laughs> or Tajay's ankle? No one. I, I mean, there just was there weren't options, really. Oh, my God. And now you have all that. I, I'm not even throwing Deion Lewis out of the backfield, which I think is a really good weapon that this team has. So those kind of things stand out on offense. I think the secondary looks great on defense. But probably if you're asking me for one thing that really stands out defensively, it's the defensive line. And what's fascinating to me about that, Buck, is the fact that Mike Vrabel singled them out last week on a question that had nothing to do with them and said the defensive line is much improved, starting with Daquan Jones and Austin Johnson. Those guys have worked really hard to be better. 
And the thing that really fascinates me about that is oftentimes when you talk about positional improvement, like looking at the offense and wide receiver, it's because they bring in Adam Humphreys. It's because if you throw in Delaney with the receivers, he's back from an injury. A.J. Brown's a draft pick. Defensively, they signed Brent Urban, but other than that, it's the same guys. Mm. So to me, that tells me a couple things. Is One, this coaching staff really coaches. Terrell Williams and Mike Vrabel and Dean Pease, they get after it, and they instruct, and they develop guys. And I think they've developed guys who weren't great last year into better players this year. And also a credit to the guys themselves for just working that hard. But that's something that I think can be big because the run defense slipped a bit last year. As they talk about getting back to a top five defensive level, maybe top three defensive level, if they can get that run defense back from middle of the pack towards top ten, which is where it was before, you're talking about a defense that could be one of the best in the league. And the back end can hold up. We've seen that. Uh, obviously, Brady came out here and gave him some work <laughs> with some dudes that you've never heard of if Braxton Berrios is uh, busting through your seam for a 60-yard touchdown over your $70 million safety. You're kind of like, ah, but if it's only one play, you can live with it. Uh, and it, also, if it's Tom Brady throwing them the football. No, I think, I think your point is well taken. Daquan Jones stood out substantially. Um, Playing at no, playing nose versus where they had him at three tech a lot more last year. I think Austin Johnson has done a little more. I think there's still work to be done, and I think Brent Ur- Brent Urban helps them considerably. It's not mm-hmm. Benny Logan in the middle. It's a more athletic Daquan. It helps you move those things around, and it helps you take advantage. And he also has the versatility you talk about that he's not just a body and space eater inside, but he's got that long arms. And so I don't think Brent Urban's going to get a bunch of sacks for you, Buck. But I think he can affect quarterbacks because even if he doesn't push the pocket, he can just get those arms up there and make you have to throw over a seven-foot wingspan or whatever it is. Sack totals are nice. I care far more about quarterback pressures. Steve Lehman, News Channel 5. Follow him at Steve Lehman on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, He has some very interesting uh, places and items that he is eating and drinking and experimenting with on Instagram that you can follow him there and check that out of course black rabbit is the fantastic restaurant over on third i took my girlfriend there for her birthday we had a great time shout out to Thanks steve for stopping in for the uh you like menu. the band too right oh 100 they were fantastic yeah the willis it's good. a it's a really cool environment that you guys got in there and i will certainly be making a return trip you can hear more from jack conklin on tonight's news Yes, 6 o'clock, 10 o'clock, we will hear from Jack Conklin, probably a little bit from Sharif Finch, who's progressed as year two under the system, same as Harold Landry, and obviously lots from Mike Vrabel. That being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Thursday, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.